Welcome back, true believers. In this new year, should we focus on dreaming big or being content? Or is there a way to do both? We discuss this and more on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for people who love to have fun thinking deeply. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, hardworking underachiever, and with me as always is my confoundingly contented co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and, okay, well, is that the, I'm going to do the inverse, a underworking overachiever. <laughs> Lazy overachiever, uh, uh, underworking overachiever yes we are we are the perfect um uh or the perfect compliments to each other but you're idiots uh, yeah. and happy happy first episode of the new year oh that's right happy new year everybody um i hope i hope this year is great and we really do mean that and i do actually do want to go into this saying we are so thankful you are all here and let's do this year together. Let's think deeply together about things that will affect our lives and make our lives better and make the world around us better. And also let's have tons of fun doing it. Um, so we're just so thankful you are here with us this year. We actually have so many good episodes. So Joseph and I sat down. This is very unlike us. We and planned we, this. We did. I don't buy it. I think four or five months of episodes we have scheduled now. And we're like, okay, what do the people, what do our listeners really like? What are they interested in? Who are the people that we should have on to talk about these things? So we really put a lot of thought in the, into the upcoming, uh, th this year's episode. So please stick with us. We have a lot of really great uh, uh, guests and great topics that we have very intentionally thought about doing just because you tend to like these topics. So we cannot wait to jump in. So happy new year. Um, that's it. That's my happy new year uh, message to all. And to all a good night. Perfect. Yes. No, I agree it, that we're so thankful, you know, that you're giving us, you know, another go round for another year. I'm really excited about this year. Like Nathan said, we've got so many great guests and stuff. And we really did look at the episodes that you guys really like and uh, try to lean into doing more of those. And because uh, this is a conversation between us and you. And and we want to talk about uh, the things that we all enjoy discussing together. So, yeah, really excited. Hope you guys stick with us. Um, today, we are discussing, very excited about this episode. We're discussing whether we should dream big or be content. But first, Nathan, you know the drill. If people enjoy your discussion and want to engage with more of our content and meet fellow overthinkers like themselves, where can they go? They can go to theoverthinkersjournal.world where they can find out more about their hosts and send us all of their love and hate mail. They can also go to our online group, The Overthinkers. It's a private group on Facebook where we have over 17,000 overthinkers just like yourself talking about all the fun stuff we talk about here. Today, uh, we literally posted a picture and had everyone write a um, an opening line to a book about the picture. And oh my gosh, you guys are so talented. Like seriously, there's like like. 40 comments of just like really good opening lines to books. So head over there for the fun and that kind of stuff. And also tons of great intellectual memes. We want you among our ranks. If you do enjoy this podcast, um, make this your new year's resolution to leave us a review and share it with at least 3000 of your closest friends. That would really help us. And I really think it's a moral and ethical thing to do. And it'll really help your life. You'll get something out of this. I'm sure. Don't ask me how, but you totally will. It's not just us. I promise. Um, so yes, uh, that that's it for announcements. Awesome. All right. Ready to get started. First topic of the new year. Let's do it. Great. So. 
it seems like wherever we go today, we're getting two deeply conflicting messages. We are supposed to dream big, we're supposed to be really ambitious, and we're supposed to be content. Google the phrases, because I did, dream big or, you know, achieve your dreams, such, or be content, and you will find articles arguing for and against both of these things. The website Medium has articles both titled Five Reasons Not to Give Up on Your Dreams and Five Reasons the Advice Don't Give Up on Your Dreams is BS. Psychology Today has both articles like What Are We Teaching Children About Their Life's Dreams, which tells parents that setting limits in life is never very productive, dreaming is being, and articles titled Don't Dream Big. The Christian online sphere is just as divided, with places like Desiring God writing be content with what you have, and the Center for Faith, Work, and Economics writing three reasons why you should not be content. The wider culture is not silent on this issue either, obviously, whether it's Disney movies, parents, teachers, or online influencers encouraging either explicitly or implicitly to dream big so that we have what they seem to have. Disney's latest animated film, Wish, calls your deepest wishes the thing that makes you who you are and the most beautiful part of you. Those who argue we should dream big and not be content argue that dreaming big motivates us to do what will actually make us happy and will benefit people far more than simply going uh, with what's realistic, benefiting other people that we interact with. Saying that's where all the great art and innovations today um, that we take for granted come from, come from for people who weren't satisfied with the way things were. Christians associate this with God's call on your life. Yet we are also constantly told and seen the lives of people who have achieved their dreams that getting your big dream doesn't always actually make you happy and sets you up for feeling miserable having something you probably never will have because not everybody gets to have the big dream. Jim Carrey famously said, I think everyone should get rich and famous so that they uh, get everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. Online uh, influencer Chris Williamson argues that this lack of contentedness is innate, tweeting, evolution hates satisfaction. Your body and genes are not adapted to make you feel satisfied. Thankful people consistently have higher levels of happiness, as we talked about in our recent thankfulness episode. Christians will likewise point to the Bible and all the verses that argue for you to be content with whatever you have, such as Hebrews 13.5 or 1 Timothy 6, 6-8. That is one of my New Year's resolutions is actually quoting verses of the Bible when I reference it. So, Nathan, one of the reasons I'm really excited about this episode is you and I have talked about this a lot before off the podcast. Um, because this is something we obviously both wrestled with as people who have big dreams for our lives. Why do you think our culture gives us so many mixed messages on this topic? And why do you, and what do you think is the most healthy way to navigate dreams and contentedness that maybe our culture doesn't always help us do very well? Yeah, that's a great question. And I want to focus on the part of the question, why does culture give us these really conflicting messages, right? Because we're used to conflicting messages, but usually they come from two sides, two different groups of, of, of whatever issue. But within this particular question, you actually get the conflicting messages within the groups. So in other words, like you were pointing out that the same Christian outlets will literally in one article say, you should really dream big because God wants you to dream big. And then post a few days later an article that's like, you should really be content and you should really just be satisfied with what you have. And it's like, whoa, what do I do? So it, it seems like in every corner of society right now, be it religious, be it, be it niche, be it just mainstream in general, we're getting these two very conflicting messages, which seem um, uh, impossible to live out at the same time. 
So why do I think we are getting these? Well, I think the reason we're getting these is because both of these are weirdly innate to humanity. And I'll just speak personally right here, especially particularly in the new year. Um, I have within me a desire and, and I've had it since I was a kid. I want to do something in the world. I want to do something beautiful and meaningful and good and big, right? I, I've had dreams, you know, since I was a kid and these dreams have shifted, but it's always been about affecting the world in some um in some measurably important way, right? You know, I've wanted to be a magician. I wanted to be an astronaut. I wanted to be all these different things that in my mind, as I grew older, were significant, were, were important, uh, would, in, would make the world a better place because I was in it. And so I think that humans are naturally created by God to dream big. We were made to envision what the world could be, what we could be, right? Because if if we didn't have that natural desire, then the world would have stagnated. It would have never we would have never accomplished or discovered or created the things that humanity has. And I think the reason we did do those things and create those things and discover those things is because of the natural inclination placed and designed and coded in our hearts to dream, to quote, dream big, to go after, to seek out, to create, to do something. So I think the dreaming big aspect is really really beautiful and good but i also even more than that i think it's a an intrinsic part of the human makeup i also think that contentedness is something that is also an intrinsic desire of uh the, the human psyche and mind and soul and i will speak again personally being someone who i just described who really does and did desire to do something big and meaningful in the world i also have this dueling um uh, analogous desire uh, uh, that, that this right there with it, which is, I, I really want a simple life where the small things content me. I love the the little things like eating dinner and watching a movie with my friends and sharing a laugh, and those things fill me up. And actually, sometimes I get overwhelmed by all the the movers and shakers. I'm going to go here and do this, and I, I go, but I want a small life, and I want to be content with what I have, and I and I like the simplicity of a simple life. And that's intrinsic, I think, to most humans. I think many of us are longing for stability, for satisfaction with what we have, for contented, uh, contentedness. I think that's a good thing. And I think it's, again, it's an intrinsically human thing. So here we have these two really good things that are seemingly polar opposites, and they're both encoded in the human directive, like what, what we were made to feel and desire. And so, of course, culture is going to reflect that and is going to, you know, at different times, depending on the outlet and the person, it's going to tend towards value in one over the other. But there is this kind of consistent back and forth because it's something that's so deeply encoded in who we are. We're made to want both things. We're made to pursue both things. We're made to have both things. So that gets to how do we actually have both things at once? And in true overthinker fashion, what I want to do here, and, and I'll let Joseph jump in, in a second before I get uh, put all my cards on the table because I have a lot of thoughts about this. What I want to do here is, again, again, in true overthinker fashion, let's define the terms, all right? Uh, what does contentedness actually look like and mean? You know, for for one person, it might be, I just want to live in a little house and have just enough to pay my bills. Um, for the other person, it's, I want a wife and a family and a this and a that. And once I get this, I'll be content. Uh, what do big, or actually, we should really parse this out. What does big mean 
what does the size of a dream mean? You know, if we're talking about dreaming big, okay, what does big mean? For some people, that's becoming, I want to win an Oscar. For some people, a big dream is like, I want to travel um, out of state for the first time. You know, so dreams, the bigness of a dream is entirely subjective. Um, and then what is a dream, right? So we, uh, we really have to break down all these different words and all these different meanings, because when we talk about being content, being satisfied, it's going to mean something entirely different to you than it does to me. And we talk about dreaming big a, a dream is going to be different a big is going to be different and so i think it's really important to kind of define and explore these terms um, before we can really start looking at how can these things actually exist in the same place or can they can we be content and dream big at the same time because i think that would be um probably the best thing since we already established that this these both are intrinsically human they are intrinsically good and they are intrinsically from god so it's like okay we have this directive that they're both good so we need to find a way to both be content and follow dreams but we're at this problem how do we actually do this i think we got to kind of define the terms and look here at what what these things mean and what they can mean and what they do mean to us currently. But before I t talk any more of this, Joseph, I want you to jump in and kind of give your thoughts on the question you asked, and then we can start kind of parsing out some of these terms and ideas. Oh, man, I there's something just so sweet about the first um, let's define our terms of the year. Sweet music to my ears. That's like, okay, let's get clarity of thought here. This mwah, something. Fred, what chef's we do. Yes. What we do. So yeah, no, I would say yeah, I, I think that that I would agree with that. Again, you know, I grew up and one of the amazing things about my family is how much they encouraged that side of me that said, you know, here's here's something amazing that I want to do with my life. Something that I feel like is is a vision for what my life can look like and what I want to accomplish in it that gets me excited, that gets me excited to to pursue some, you know. A, a dragon to conquer, a, a way that I'm going to make life, the world around me better than it was the other day that, that makes me excited. My family always encouraged that. And one of the things I, of course, struggled with was, you know, a lot of my dreams that I had were not things that, you know, were always like people around me, you know, readily knew how to teach me how to do in a practical way. And so, you know, and so I, I always kind of struggle with kind of figuring out that piece of it. I, unfortunately, I didn't decide, you know, I'm going to be a preacher like my father. And so he could like just like teach me all the steps of what that looked like. Um, but that was something that was always beautiful to me that I got to do. And I think and, and I think that, yeah, you look around the world we have today and the the good things like modern medicine, you know, modern, you know, comforts and a shelter, food and all of those things. The art that are, they are because people said that life can be better than it is right now. And I'm actually going to work really hard and strive to make sure it's it's better than it is right now. But we also know that um, people need contentedness. People need to, um, people, people are happiest when they're thankful. They're happiest. We know that, you know, there's different measures of this. People talk like, you know, when they make a certain amount of money, you know, I think it's over $40,000, but the inflation has hit, you know, so it might be different. But is after a certain threshold, you know, people people get happier with a certain amount of money up to a certain threshold because you're not just constantly worrying about your bills and stuff like that. But after a certain threshold, there's just no more happiness. So having the kind of the the idea, okay, in order to actually be happy, you have to, you know, not be constantly striving for things. That's something we also know. So yeah, I think that both of these things seem intrinsic to humanity. And I actually am going to make, I'm going to go back and reference this, but one of the things I think is really fascinating is that both 
child psychology and the Bible talk about this this need that people have for it. And I'll go back to this as we kind of like are trying to unpack, okay, how do we actually balance these things? But we know that children, in order to develop well, they need two, two big things from their parents. One is a a parent to just hold them, you know, and embrace them and hold them. And that's where they bond with their parents and with being held. And, you know, the being held is you're being taken care of. You don't have to be working at all and striving for anything. You are just loved and taken care of no matter what. But children also need is parents who are going to wrestle with them. And that's something where their children are going to you know, uh, you know, they're, they're children actually put work into that. They're going to be, you know, wrestling and fighting and trying to, you know, push back against their parents and actually learn to become stronger and more than what they are. And so, again, for children to develop healthily, they need both of those things. And so, there is clearly a a need to just receive and be content where you're at, and need to grow and strive to be bigger within healthy human beings. In and in Christianity, this maps onto. And I, I please if. There are theologians in here who think this is wrong. Explain it to me. But for me, it maps onto what Christianity talks about in terms of justification versus sanctification. Justification is Jesus, you know, has died on the cross. He's forgiven you. And so he and God loves you just the way you are. And he accepts you just the way you are. You're welcomed into God's family and God's church. Sanctification is how we grow to be more like Christ, how we grow to be a better person. And the end these things can become toxic if you mix them together. Like it's like, okay, I'm trying to, by growing to become more like Christ, I'm trying to earn God's love. You know, those things can be toxic if you mix them up, but they are clearly both, you know, needs that are in, in child psychology and in theology. And so to some degree, we have to say, okay, they're both innate needs. The problem is figuring out how to balance them in a way that is healthy and not toxic. And I think part of it, and again, I'm going to go back to the theological and psychological points, but I think part of it is sort of what you're saying is, okay, how are we defining dreams? So one of the things is, you know, and contentedness. And so like contentedness, I sort of already alluded to, there's a certain degree of, I like way things are now, and I'm happy the way things are now, you know, um, I'm happy with what I have already. So like you're being held by your parents, so they, I'm happy with that. And then to some degree, dreams is I want something more and whatever that vision is for wanting something more. So that's that's where I would start with that answering that question. And of course, big though, that's a whole other thing. But I but I but how would you um go after that, defining dreaming, big, and uh contentedness? Well, you know, what's really interesting to me, and we talked about this before on uh, our personality episodes, um, uh me and, and as well as Joseph and my entire family have always been this this personality psychology test, which is the Myers-Briggs test. And here you see kind of human behavior quantified on this grid of what you tend towards doing, right? Do so you have all these conflicting, we've all heard of introvert, extrovert, and we kind of know what that is. But there's, there's this one particular aspect of this dualistic aspect of, of personality, which is intuitive and sensate. And intuitive is an aspect of personality, which is what they call the dreamer um, personality, which is they see uh, visions of what could happen and and the future and and what could be uh, they they are idealists they're what what could I accomplish and then you have the sensates which are the the people who enjoy what's right in front of them where they can feel see taste and touch and um, I've seen and I have people who have uh, who are very strong on on these personality types in my life um, and I've seen both the benefits and difficulties of their life so I'll start with the um, with the sensate, who, who we would more likely uh, identify as people who are content, right? And, and, 
And so I think that is a real strength of the sensates. They they find an easy find it an easier thing to do to be content with what they have because they like the way you know, think Ron Swanson, right? He likes the way life is. He is good, to, you know, with what is in front of him. He likes to work with his hands. He doesn't need to dream big or think about it. No, I'm good. I have my house. I have my my job. I'm good, right? And there's like a real beauty in the contentedness. The problem comes when that contentedness leads you to complacency, and so it's so where where your life could be better, you actually resist making it better because you're so uh, dedicated to quote, contentedness actually turns and kind of morphs into this complacency, where it's even when, when things are bad, you're not really going to do anything about it. Eh, it's fine. And so any good thing taken to an extreme is going to be a bad thing. We can see this both in science and religion. Um, both, both science and religion tell us this, that, any, it, that extremes tend towards unhealth. And so what I see in this personality is what I am jealous because I, I tend towards more the dreamer side. What I'm jealous of this personality is the contentedness aspect, how, how um, adept they are at finding contentedness and being okay with the same every day and the things in front of them. That's a real beautiful thing. But where they struggle is when they um, are, again, com become complacent. And then conversely, you have the intuitives, right? People who tend towards the dreaming aspect of things. Um, what is amazing is they have vision for the future. They have they have um, idealistic dreams that they want they want to accomplish and see and and they want to uh, uh, see lived out and, and enact in the world. And this is a beautiful thing. They, these are the people who will think up the new um, I, I don't know invention or piece of art, and they're going to go and and make you know ex nihilo into the universe. They're going to cast it and and do something beautiful and make something for the world. That's a wonderful thing. Would they go wrong? Would we, you know, where the intuitives tend to go wrong? And there's probably a lot of intuitives listening right now to this podcast. Is their dreams aren't actually tied to reality, so they actually end up not accomplishing anything, right? So they they're so visionary, they're they're so abstract about what they what they hail as a quote big dream that they only quantify a dream worth following that's totally outside the limits of reality, and because it's not tethered by that. Um, that, that contentedness, it's going, they're actually never going to achieve that or, or realize that. And so what ends up happening is they live lives that are very dissatis of dissatisfaction and disappointment and bitterness because they have been plagued almost with these dreams that they see in their head and their hearts. And then they're plagued with never actually hadn't realized them. And so they end up uh, very bitter and sad very often. And so what I see here is, again, this kind of defining the terms is when you have someone who is both looking for contentedness and looking for um, to dream, what I think is kind of this combination, this cocktail of these two aspects of human personality that will be really, really helpful. And the way I do this, you know, I'm going to quote myself here because I'm, I'm so great. I am too smart. I am too smart. SMRT. Um, but we had a, a podcast where literally we asked, should you follow your dreams? It's similar to this one. Um, but what I said in it, and I've said it for a long time, you know, I'm, I'm a life coach. I'm a certified life coach, and I, I spend a lot of my week coaching young creatives who have these huge dreams. And one of the things I've, I've really come to learn in my coaching training and in working with people um, is this thing that, that, I, um, that I tell everybody, and I, and I tend to tell myself as well, which is don't follow your dreams, follow your skills. And there's a little more to that, which is, and make, the, make your skills, which is i.e. reality, what you can have, what you do have, what you are endowed with. Um, your dreams. And so it's this kind of a thing where you actually combine a contentedness and your dreams all at once. And so if we can find a place 
in our lives where we can, we don't become complacent. We love our contentedness and we dream out, we dream out of that place. And so we're putting dreams together that are based in reality. Then all of a sudden we will actually find dreams worth pursuing. Right. And so big becomes a little, um, we reorient our definition of big to realistic, uh, to, and I know that sounds boring and that sounds like, oh, that's not very cool. We're supposed to dream big, but I tell you a, a, a realistic dream is a thousand times better than a quote big dream because it's one that can actually happen and it's one you can actually realize and enact in the world. And so, you know, a good example of this is if you want to be, I'll use my world. If you want to be an actor, um, and you were like, okay, that's a big dream, right? My, my dream is to be an actor, but to make it a big dream, I want to be an actor who wins an Oscar. And then if you were never going to be happy unless you're an actor who wins an Oscar, then you, that's pro listen, the, the amount of actors there are compared to the amount of Oscars given out for acting is like, I don't know, a billion to one. Um, there's probably not a billion actors in the world right now, but you know what I mean? Uh, there's a lot of, a lot more actors than there are Oscars. And so if you were only going to be happy, uh, if you achieve an Oscar as an actor, then you're probably never going to be happy. But there is a world in which you can become an actor. And maybe the Oscar will happen, but that's not your focus. The bigness isn't your focus. It's the dream. Okay, maybe I'm, I get to actually be at a local theater and really enjoy this art form. That's where I kind of tend towards guiding people is what is within the possibility um, in your life right now that you actually can follow a dream. So it's kind of losing that big part. It's kind of losing that definition big part and it's actually attaching a contentedness in the dreams you're able to actually enact. So that's kind of how I combine these worlds of, of being content and dreaming. It's like, well, what are the dreams you can be content with following? Because contentedness is just accepting the reality around you and, lo and loving it. So that even applies to dreams. What are the dreams you actually can pursue and achieve? And maybe there'll be a new thing after that. But for me, it was like when I when I wanted to go to Hollywood and win an Oscar, I, to I totally will admit that. That was my big dream, right? And I'm probably not going to ever win an Oscar. I'd love, I'd love it if I did. And maybe that, maybe it'll happen, but it probably won't happen. But if I waited to be content, to feel fulfilled until I accomplished that, then I was never going to be content. What I learned was even if I get a small role in a show or an indie movie where you, whatever, I have one line and believe me, I'm the king of one lines. I've been, I have a 15 year career of one line, even most of the time, one word. Um, and, and so, but I, I chose to reorient my idea of what a quote big dream was for me to really be happy. With that, and I all of a sudden found fulfillment. And so it was me reaching out to do something, trying something, trying to do in the world, but it was also me being content with the thing I was able to do and dream about. And so, yeah, so th that's kind of where I'm kind of orienting myself to think about this is these don't have to be separate things, contentment and dreams. In fact, I think they should be combined. What are the dreams you can be content with is really what I would ask when I used to kind of look at this and kind of define how this might look in a person's life. But Joseph, do you have any kind of thoughts on how we combine these things, on how we take the natural inclination for dreams and the natural inclination for contentedness and make them one that it seems so impossible for culture to do? Yeah. So I think you you've hit on a couple of things which I think are really important. One, and but I want to I want to drill down and crystallize even more. Um, first is so I think like the the working definition we have without googling it, you know, for you know, dreams is, you know, a vision for your life that you want to have, you know, so that's your dream. Um, contentedness is being happy with the life you have now and the things you have in life now. 
Um, and it's the big thing. There's one, a couple of things where, where big um, is a sticking point. And also, I will not be happy until is a sticking point. Because so big, the thing about big, we've talked about this in other episodes of the show, is that it is that it used to be big was a lot more attainable. Because again, when for most of human history, big meant the circle of the world that you understood and knew about, which was your village. And so if you were going to have a dream that um, to affect your world in a tangible, lasting way, because this is the thing is like, you know, for, for, yes. this is um, get for, you know, um, people have a need for meaning making for to, to have a meaningful life and to have a meaningful life, essentially people define when, when you ask them, you know, do you feel meaningful now or do you not feel meaningful now is, um, I have made a positive and lasting tangible impact on the world that I know, you know, and uh, that used to be one that's like, oh, there's 50 people that you know. And so I can make a regular, tangible, lasting impact on those people and see that every day. And so that was the you know extent of your vision. And so that was and that was much more likely and attainable. Now our, you know, before even social media, just when we had TV and we had newspapers and TV and, you know, and, and you know, well, we had nations and newspapers and TV and now social media, our vision for the world that we inhabit psychologically is so much bigger and so, so much less likely to actually affect in a tangible way the entirety of our psychological world. And so it's much easier for us to dream beyond our grasp. Now, that means that it's not possible for most people to wait until they accomplish their dream to be happy. That's that's just never going to happen for most people. So you can't possibly wait to be happy until you've accomplished that dream. But also, we have this idea that it's the achieving of the dream that makes you happy. And that's not actually true. Again, let's go back to... Um, you know, the psychology, psychology, psych, the, the child psychology I talked about and the theology I talked about is that people are happy when they are feeling taken care of and with and when they are continually striving to better themselves and the world. So what actually makes you happy is being content with the things you have and constantly trying to do work to improve yourself and others. That's what's actually going to make you happy. There is a um, uh, there's a documentary called The Comic, which I have brought up before, but it is a good one because it is Jerry Seinfeld talking to a young up and coming comic and a young up and coming comic says to Jerry Seinfeld, when, how, how long can you reasonably expect for it to take before you've made it as a comic? And Jerry Seinfeld says to him, what do you mean make it? If you're getting to tell jokes and getting to be a comic, that has to be making it. And so what I always caution is I, I, I never want to be the person who tells people you're never going to win an Oscar, you know, it's like, and go ahead, dream that you'll win an Oscar dream as big as you want, but don't wait to be happy until you've accomplished that because that's a not going to, that's not actually what will make you happy. And if you wait to that, you're going to be miserable into it. So I think disconnecting dreams from happiness dreams are a way, you know, to give us a vision of what can be. But what actually makes you happy is uh, appreciating what you have and striving to be better 
And so focusing on those things, the process of improving yourself and others and the and making those be the things that you rest your happiness on, that you remind yourself, oh, wow, look at the things I have in my life that are amazing. And wow, look at this way that I've improved my life and other people's lives. Focusing your mental energy, your happiness mental energy on those. And if you want a dream in order to give yourself a direction of something else to strive for, then that's what the dream is supposed to be for. So that's that's how I conceive of it. Um, get, what, what are your thoughts on that? I, I really like a lot of what you're saying and what you're tied. What do you what what stock are you putting into accomplishing this thing? And I think that's a good thing to ask yourself. Why are you dreaming? Investigate what you're dreaming. And you might find something out about yourself. Why would winning an Oscar make you why do you believe that winning an Oscar would make you feel happy? Is it because you were ignored as a kid? You know, this is good investigative work that we can do. Are you using your dream to satiate something that went wrong in your life that you weren't given in your life that came as a result of trauma or dysfunction or a difficult family or a, a neglect or abuse, whatever it might be? What? What are you, what stock are you putting in your dream? But really, why are you putting it there? And that'll give you some, um, some objectivity about how your dreams were created because they all have different dreams, right? And they don't just happen for no reason. I think there's a, there's a big reason we are putting stock into the particular dreams that we end up having and why we are feeling discontent until we accomplish those things. But I might push back a little bit and say, I actually do think there is harm in dreaming of getting an Oscar. I would actually encourage people to not dream of getting an Oscar. If it happens, that's amazing. I don't want to be the person who says it won't happen either. I'm not going to make any absolute statements. And I think if it does happen, that's amazing that you hear these stories. But I actually think there is harm in having that image in your head and holding on to that image. And use, I think, one, it's a waste of time. I think whether or not you win an Oscar or not shouldn't even really be a part of why you're doing what you're doing. And so what I see a lot, especially with my, in my coaching um, that I've seen a, across a lot of people, is because there's that idea that's really per pervasive throughout our um, our culture is dream big, the bigger, the better. Um, it actually, even just in thinking about those things, it actually creates a discontentment and anything you do get that's below that. And so, you know, we wouldn't tell a, uh, a young, a young man, young man who is uh, going out to get married, you know, and he's, he's 20 something years old. How, whenever kids get married these days, um, he's 20 something years old. And it's like, you know, and he's going to look for a wife. And he and there and someone would tell him dream big. And he's like, all right, I'm going to marry Scarlett Johansson. And it's like, I actually think that would be a detrimental thing to tell. Maybe he will. I think she's married already, but maybe he will marry insert, you know, superstar actress model here. Maybe he will marry that, but probably not. And I think if you the more time you spend in you spend envisioning that the more time you're spending envisioning the thing that's excluding the thing you probably will end up with and so you know i'll take it back to my career as an actor when i let go of and stopped envisioning myself winning an oscar i suddenly found that i needed a new thing to take the place of what next right so a lot of my what next is well how do i get to that oscar and instead and so i was never happy with whatever came next and instead i learned to localize that and so you know when i was an extra i i was a background extra for years when i first moved to um, hollywood i was a background extra and and for years and so if it, if it was if the gap between me being an extra and winning an oscar it's so huge. Then it was going to be, and I put happiness only on winning Oscar. It's going to be a long time, if ever, that I ever accomplish. What I did is say, well, maybe I can be featured. 
maybe I can I can be happy at this very this one next step. And when I was had some featured roles, a, a featured is when you you, know, you really see, you're not just a blur, you're seeing no lines yet. And then I got really happy with the featured role, roles I got. And then I said, maybe I can get a line. And then I got a line. And all of a sudden, my happiness was like overflowing with the next step rather than waiting to be happy until something that probably wouldn't even happen happened. In time you'll learn just as I did. You must find happiness right where you are. And so I do actually think there is a detriment in the quote, um, go ahead and dream about the Oscar or dream about marrying Scarlett Johansson. Again, she's already married. Insert whatever actress you like there. Um, because I think the more you think about that, the more you are excluding the things that probably will happen that really would provide you that contentment. And again, I'll refer back to what we talked about earlier. Again, and ask yourself why. Why are you looking at Scarlett Johansson or the Oscar? Um, is there something there that's that, that's trying to, that you're mentally and psychologically trying to make up for something you haven't had or that you didn't get or that went wrong in your life that you really need to pay attention to? That that this that the actress and the award um, are just really metaphors for that you're not paying attention to. That when you do, you'll actually find the um, the contentment, the satiation. Uh, and the, the wholeness that you're really looking for, rather than being distracted by these metaphors, which won't, even if you did accomplish them, which won't actually, and that's the whole other thing, even if you do accomplish it and get the Oscar and marry uh, the actress um, slash model, um, it turns out, like Jim Carrey said, that actually won't make you happy because you never actually paid attention to why you were chasing those things to begin with. And so I think I know that's a, a word dump or an idea dump, a concept dump. Um, but I think those are some things we should really be thinking about as we're dreaming big and what it actually means to be content and how to actually find that. But I, I but I'll, I'll go back kind of what I was saying and we'll and we'll set up. Joseph can kind of start closing us out. But really, we were made to dream big. Yeah! Those gasping mice are right. You are way out of line. Well, we were made to dream. Uh, we, we <laughs> let me get, uh, correct myself. We were made to dream of more, um, and we were also made to be content with what we were given at the same time. So the way I combine these, the way I think we ought to start thinking about this in a more healthy way is: How can I be content? in the dreams that I'm actually able to live out right now. And so that's really what it has helped me a lot on this process as a self-described dreamer, who also is a self-described desirer of contentment. Um, so Joseph, what would you add to that? What would you push back on? What would you take away? Yeah, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, th I think that the whole, you know, I, to the degree that you say, you know, the vision I have that's dreaming is preventing me from being happy now, you know, that again it is is a huge problem, and I think yeah, to your degree, I think for a lot of people, in many cases, again, it's like dreaming about Scarlett Johansson is not going to allow them to, you know, um, uh, is not going to allow them to be happy with whoever you know they're with. I think to the degree that a big dream, you know, can give you a direction and make you excited to like you know make you excited and motivate you in a positive way. I think I want to say like I don't have a problem with that. I think that that could be a great thing. But yes disconnecting i think disconnecting happiness from accomplishing a particular dream i think is super important you have to be able to say i can be happy now even if i never get x place i think that you know being able to say you know every day i look and say wow look at the things i'm thankful for that i have right now and then saying what i'm actually the the dream is not the thing that actually makes you happy. It's the constant, I'm getting better 
and I'm making other people better. And so focusing the happiness that you are attempting to get from um, a dream, accomplishing a dream, recognize that that's a misdirection of the real thing that you actually need, which is that, uh, which is the cost of improving yourself and others. There's um, Paul, and I'm I'm gonna I said that this is my my uh, what you call it uh, um, my my goal is to my New Year's resolution was to remember the actual Bible verse. But you guys can look it up. Paul saying I found the secret to being content in all circumstances, and what that is is constantly doing the work that God's called me to do. Oh, and that's the thing is it's that constant work of oh my gosh I'm doing something and this I'm getting this positive result from it. It's not the once I've converted this many people and planted this many churches that I'm content is I know I'm continually doing this thing. And in Hebrews, the verse I mentioned earlier, Hebrews five, that says, don't be constantly chasing after all these things. Why? Because God is faithful and he's taking care of you. So it's those two things that you are taking care of and you can constantly improve yourself and others that the source of your happiness. And so the, that you're placing on those dreams. So that's why we kind of, I would shift the focus of, of where your happiness is actually going to lie. And, uh, and that's how you get the balance because it's balanced in childhood. Cause we know there is a balance there, a healthy individual who has the healthy things of like, wow, these things in my life that have nothing to do with me, that God has given me, that my parents have given me, that life has given me. I constantly appreciating those and then saying, okay, what is a way now that I can make myself better and my life better and getting those uh constant you know endorphin rushes from that and also i as you said we brought this up in another episode and i really like this phrase of like not settling not using the word settling or being realistic with your dreams and things but localizing them is that right because again we are not built to dream um the world you know exactly except insofar as we are a part of a process where the kingdom of God is brought into existence. But for our own lives, we're built to love our family and love our communities and love and dream that we're going to be remembered by them and impact their lives. So whatever focus we can have on that is, I think, the way that the research and I think most of our individual lives show actually um, the balance and happiness lies. Yeah, I think that's great. I, I, uh, I love that we started out um, with an episode where we actually disagree. I will still hold to, I actually think, um, and I'll have to write more about this, that that the the image, the, the Oscar, yeah. the model slash actors, I think that, I think it's unhealthy. And I, I I'll say that maybe I'll recant it. I think we ought to get rid of that. And I only, and I speak about that, um, not as I don't have a whole lot of data except for anecdotal in my own life, but the more I let go of, trying to define what it should look like, the more, the happier I was with what I ended up getting instead. And, you know, it's interesting. I love what you brought up about Paul, um, that he was talking about, I've learned to be content. And it was through the consistent everyday work. And we are story oriented creatures. I talk about this in almost every book I've ever written um, and articles I've written. It's just something very, very central to um, the message I want to leave behind, which is we are story-oriented creatures. We were made to understand the world inside the context of narrative. You know, this is why Jesus told parables to share his his truth, his theology. And those parables went on and changed the entire world. We, we were made to understand reality and ourselves and God and everything through the idea of narrative. And I, I remember a couple of years back, it, um, I think it was kind of during the middle towards or towards the end of the pandemic, I was talking to Joseph. I was really frustrated 
um, at how many things weren't happening. And what we ended up talking about, I said, I feel like my story has stalled. And what I needed in that moment wasn't to become a New York Times bestseller or to win an Oscar. What I needed in that moment was the next step, was the next thing. And so there was a there was a contentedness that I could achieve if I just needed that next step. And I ended up finding that next step. And I found another next step. And I found another next step. It was and what we're talking about is localizing um, that satiation of of desire. Because um, desire is good, dreams are good, um, and you can find contentment in them. But what I needed was just my story to move just to the next page, right? And so whatever that is, dream of the next page of your story. Don't try to figure out the ending, whether that ends up as an, as, at an Oscar or if that ends up, um, you know, wherever else, uh, at local theater. Don't try to dream um, of the ending. Try to dream of the next page. And that will, and you'll, one, find a whole life where your dreams continually come true because that next page is a possibility for you. And what I ended up finding in that time was I thought, because I was so frustrated, because I'd been through a long time of stagnation, that the only thing that would make me happy in my story, we are story to creatures, was it moving forward to the degree where I, you know, something crazy and outlandish. And it turns out all I needed was that next page to happen. And then after that, I just needed that next page. And so I've learned as a practice to start dreaming of the next page of my story. We need that forward momentum, but we only need that next page to keep it going. And so you are a story-oriented creature. You do need forward momentum. You do need to see your dreams come true, but your dreams can come true on that next step, on that next page. And it's there. You will find contentedness in following your dreams. Um, so yeah, that's what we've got to say. Um, uh, if one of us or both of us got it wrong, please, uh, we want to hear, we want to hear your feedback on this. If, if it was helpful or totally unhelpful, we're wrong. Um, you know, we, we are probably heretics and, uh, illogical crazies. We have no problem with that. Just let us know so we can correct it. Um, so head over to the overthinkersjournal.world, um, and let us know. But before we end, we're going to do the first of the year, uh, segment called, Blesses and curses. Um, yes. So we're. This is where we take, as our fans know, a work of art, media, or resource, and bless it. Um, I.e., recommend it or curse it. I.e., diss it. Uh, so we're really excited. Um, uh, Nathan really planned out the uh, his blesses and curses uh, prior to this. So I'm really excited to uh, hear what he has to say. Uh, what he's going to bless and curse. Well, uh, Joseph is being, uh, I was going to say sarcastic, but he's actually being sardonic, which means derisively contentious because he knows very well that I told him that I was going to and I didn't. So my New Year's resolution is going to be that I'm going to plan out my blessings and curses better. And I didn't do it. So, you know, I'm already failing, but that's all right. You know, I'll, I'll live through this and accept my L and, and try to try to find the W. But I during the episode, I did find a couple of things that I think are applicable to this subject to bless and curse and to encourage you guys um, to check out or to stay away from. So the first one is um, I'm going to plug myself because I can, and this is my podcast. Uh, I wrote a book called Finding God in Hollywood. It is literally my story. It's a theological memoir about my story in the entertainment industry, uh, chasing the dreams of being an actor and a filmmaker in Hollywood. Um, and it has a lot of insights into why we chase dreams, why I was chasing dreams, what I learned along the way, and what kind of dreams I found were really worth chasing and what God and faith had to do with all of that. So it's called Finding God in Hollywood. If you want an inside look into this whole world, 
um, from a Christian kids me perspective, please check out my book, Finding God in Hollywood. I totally bless my own book. So there, um, I'm totally allowed to do this. And none of you can stop me uh, from blessing my own book. I think that might be a first, but it's good in the beginning of the year, something new. Um, I'm also going to bless a video game I stumbled across uh, randomly. I love stumbling across these random um, like art house um, small independent video games. And it's called the Stanley parable. It's been out for a while. And it's essentially, um, a lot of people say that severance stole their whole idea from the Stanley parable. There are big differences. So don't think you're just playing severance, but it really does have that feel. It's essentially kind of a commentary on what it means to be content and what it means to dream big and what is reality. And are we, so I'm not going to explain too much, but just know it has to do with what we were talking about today. And it's one of the most creative games i've unlike anything i've ever played before literally as your uh, one fun thing that you'll find as you begin the game so no it's not spoiling anything is everything you do in the game is narrated by a very uh david attenborough british sounding narrator which is super fun so you're walking down the hall and he goes and then he picked up a mug and he looked at it and he thought so you have your inner monologue narrated as you're playing this game and it has some really interesting things to say about about humanity desire contentedness dreams um and purpose and so i really highly recommend the stanley parable as a game and i think it's available on pretty much everything i think maybe even like phones so check it out it's really really good um what am i gonna curse you know i i didn't exactly know there's there's some things i could curse you know part of me wants to curse kind of the whole movement i know i'm, I'm not doing abstract i will get specific in a minute you know the whole movement that's like you just need to live a simple life man but most of the people who lead this movement um are super rich and they are like you know best-selling authors and it's like a really privileged thing to be like you just need to live off the land and like get you know and live simply it's like do you know how expensive it is to quote live simply like um it's super expensive to just sit around on you know a beautiful field in a gorgeous house and do nothing with your life so um stop guilting people into quote living simply and just being content when actually some of them are dreaming because they're actually trying to make their worlds better for themselves when your world is already pretty great um it seems like an unfair thing to do um, and so I kind of curse some of those guys will remain name. They'll remain nameless, <laughs> but uh, some of those guys work. I never curse anybody, just their work. Um, but yeah, you can probably guess who I'm talking about. Cause I've probably talked about their work before. Um, but I know I'm in the minority, by the way, many people I know love this movement and a lot of the, um, poets and writers in this movement. Um, I just have some some problems. So I, I kind of curse that. Stop pressuring people into being content uh, when your life is already great. Um, and it costs a lot to have that great life. Uh, so and and then another element of this and this we're going to get specific is there's on the other side of that, there's this this thing in movies, particularly that happens and it's in some literature too, where basically it says that following your dreams is the answer to all the problems in your life. And so, you know, it kind of gets back to what we were talking about in the episode about really ask yourself, why are you following this particular dream? And basically it says, you know, have you had a rough family? Have you had traumatic events happen to you? Have you had terrible um, things? Well, if you get famous and become super successful, then all of that will fix you and fix your problems and make you happy. And, you know, as the Jim Carrey quote so beautifully illustrates, that's actually not true. As almost every instance of, um, unfortunately, very sadly, celebrity suicide, celebrity addiction, celebrity divorces can show us, um, no, having everything, and quote, achieving your dreams doesn't actually get you what you're looking for. And I really don't like movies like 
uh, Star is Born, which I, I would say, you know, hey, great music. Uh, Gaga is fantastic singer. Amazing. I like singing the songs, too. But I don't like this idea that um, the answer to your problems will be found in achieving your dreams. I don't think that's true. And I think it's actually detrimental to a lot of people. Um, I think the answers to your problems can be found and begun to be um, unraveled and fixed right here, right now. And it doesn't, you don't actually need to become a famous star to solve those things. And in fact, if you do, you still will have to unravel things because becoming a famous star won't actually um, satiate the true needs in your heart. And uh, movies like and um, A Star is Born kind of romanticize this idea of uh, becoming a star because it will, it will, uh, satiate all those needs and so I, I, do, I don't like that aspect of this movie or other movies hey you don't need to achieve your dreams to start fixing yourself and and feeling whole um and we definitely shouldn't romanticize something that we have demonstrably seen doesn't actually solve the problem and actually can make it worse um because it, it takes your eyes off of what you actually should be doing and striving for so those are my blessings and curses first of the year i think i did all right but uh i think i got some work to do and i'll do even better next time guys i promise i'm really proud of you for not cursing la la land with this <laughs> i had to fight everything inside me not to but i've already i've already done that and the other um movement of poets and writers so i was like i, I gotta not curse and, and bless these things that i've already done it's new really good new blesses curses exactly exactly no that's that's great i was actually thinking that as you were talking about that that almost every movie by Martin Scorsese is basically a repudiation of the idea that achieving your dreams will solve your problems because You're right. Oh my gosh. Raging bull wolf of wall street, all of more about some really problematic person who has a lot of internal problems and they get everything they want and they destroy their life because it was always a problem in themselves that they hadn't fixed. That's, Honestly, I've never thought of that. So true. So yeah, amen to that. So anyway, but that's, that's, you made me think of that. So that's really interesting. Um, so the first thing is I'm going to recommend a book um, by uh, the book by Phil Fisher, who's the creator of VeggieTales. I know Phil Fisher has become a lot more controversial recently, but um, leaving that aside, he wrote a memoir about the creation of VeggieTales, like his, his childhood, you know, growing up it, creation of VeggieTales and then how it it went bankrupt and how he had to sell it and and that very sad story and he goes and does a lot of the work of understanding why he it, it what the reason that his project big idea failed and one of the things he talks about in it was a couple of things that we talked about today one is that he was using you know his creation of big idea to a certain degree to fill a need that he was lacking in his childhood and fill a need that um, to believe that he was loved is like, you know, I, I matter if I do this. And that clouded some of his thinking with how ambitious he should get with his project, you know, before they were ready, etc. So there's things like that. But also he talks about the needs of different personality type people to work together. Cause he talked about, look, I wanted to be Walt Disney, but the thing is Walt Disney didn't, couldn't do, what he did on his own. He needed Roy Disney, his brother, who was the more practical person. So, you know, you have the creative person and the more practical person. And I think that talks about the the needs for both of those things in order to make something work is you need, you know, you need a personality that you can have the strengths of uh, the practical people and the strengths of the dreamer um, 
you don't have the best life possible, whatever that means, you know, integrating those in yourself as much as possible and finding other people who balance you out that way. That's a super important thing. Obviously, also, you know, I referenced the comic. That's a great documentary to explore this because, of course, it's as interesting as that Jerry Seinfeld, we know who he is, but this other comic, I don't even remember his name, you know. And so there's a certain degree of like, you know, that understanding where that kind of contentedness, contented striving leads versus uncontented striving leads, I think is a really good object lesson. Um, there are obviously like movies that that do some of this. I mean, Pixar has actually done a pretty good job of a few of these like Soul, Coco, Up, you know, talking about finding contentedness and where you're at. Even as, you know, even as they affirm dreams, it's like you still need to localize your happiness. I think it's a that's the beautiful way to do that. Um, curse. Uh, this is this is a fun one, but also one, again, if you follow me at my column Religion Unplugged, you probably guess where this is going. I'm going to curse the movie Wish. Um, first of all, the Disney movie, first of all, it's just kind of like not a good movie in the sense that it, it basically it feels like they took all the cliches from all the Disney princess movies they've done since Tangled and they just back when this was unique Tangled was doing it and then Frozen and they just put them all in a blender and did all the cliches into a formula and spit it out but all aside from that it really does perpetuate the idea that your happiness depends on your particular dream you know even if you replace that dream with another dream later because they do bring that up like maybe you can change your dream but it's that particular dream that your happiness depends on. They literally have, you know, if a person loses their dream, they lose their zest for life. They lose their ability to like be be hopeful and beautiful and happy and stuff like that. And I think that that's a very damaging, wrong thing to teach children. Now, your capacity to wonder, your capacity to love and those things, your capacity to strive, those are things that make you who you are and beautiful. But your particular dream, that's not makes who, who you are. And that's not the most beautiful thing part of you. And so I think that that's a, I, there are so many problems with that ideology um, in, in multiple levels, but I think that that's, that is why I curse that. I think that that idea that is very pervasive in our society, even if people don't admit it as openly as wish, um, uh, is is incredibly problematic. So I trust that. I trust that uh, a pox on it uh, for the new year. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that was a good, that was like just such an emphatic Curse. I, I I like the dramatization version of this. We're going to add some more drama to our blessings and curses. We want to be good TV. We want to entertain. So we're really kind of up in our game. We're going to be more dramatic in our puzzles and curses. Thank you for beginning that, Joseph. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, and thank you, everybody, so much for joining us this first of the year. So excited for the year ahead. And yes, we haven't gotten as many people uh, yelling at us for calling us heretics uh, last year. And so we want you guys to like step up your game a little bit and like, you know, tell us, tell us where you're, we're wrong. Because again, we want our stupid ideas to to die as soon as possible, so that we don't we don't uh, uh, follow them into self destruct. But, but we all we are also very insecure and and egomaniac. So if you could balance that with just telling us some pot, you know, a sandwich, sandwich the compliments or the insults with some compliments. We do need to be told how great we are, how smart we are, how handsome and beautiful and lovely we are. So just make sure to kind of send an equal amount of love and hate mail just so we can create that equilibrium because we will descend into um, just just utter insanity unless we get that, that praise and love. But which nobody, nobody wants to see. Nobody wants to see two grim white guys break down on a podcast again. No comment. Uh, anyway, so this is this has been great. Um, uh, Nathan, if people do want to engage with our content in both positive and negative ways, 
uh, then um, uh, where can they go? And go to the overthinkersjournal.world and join our private Facebook group. If you do want to get in touch with me and see what I am up to, please head over to nathanclarkson.me and check my name, Nathan Clarkson, and on any of the socials. And like I plugged earlier, uh, check out my book, Finding God in Hollywood. I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, Joseph. You can find me on any of the socials as well. Just look at my name. I am indenting my uh, speech like Nathan does this time, so it's memorable. Uh, and you can also check out my website at josephholmestudios.com. And of course, I, I write a regular column at Religion Unplugged. And so I would love uh, for you to check all that out if you think that my half of the conversation was particularly or at least equally insightful. Um, thank you, everyone, so much for joining us today. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. Mm -hmm.